Welcome to Pink Noise Posse. This is season two of Amplify Your Gold, and I'm your host, Very Sherry. I broadcast conversations with mindset shifters who are showing up in service of elevating our human potential. Today I'm joined by my friend Max Riggs. This is season two, episode 10. Welcome back to Pink Noise, Max. Great to be here, Sherry. And we were just talking about your work and where what you're focusing on in your practice right now. Mm-hmm. And I'd love yeah. to hear more about that. Yeah. So the part that um, the, the core of all my work is removing anywhere that you feel wrong or not good enough about yourself. Now, why do I really focus in on this is because for almost all of my life, I felt and I also bought what we've been told that if something's not working in your life, um, you can change it. But behind that, what they're really saying is if something's not working in your life, you're not good enough or you're doing something wrong. Well, um, and so it's this, this thing that's at first seems empowering, like, oh, if something's not working for you, you can change it. The inherent stuff that's behind it makes us all seem like we're not good enough because other people can move through the challenges we have, but we've had a lot harder time. And so I've struggled with that for, gosh, you know, almost all my life until I really understood the energetic stuff that's behind it. And a lot of that is looking at stuff that's even like, we think it's empowering language, but it, like I said, it has that, that hidden wrongness about you. And what I've found is there's this big difference between something's not working in your life and you would like to change it. And then judging yourself because you haven't already changed it. And that's the part that works that I'm really working with on my clients. Um, because like, well, like I said, it's like, I suffered so much with this and so many people do too. Like I'm so in tune now with um, people's language and what they say that I'll, I'll pause people doing, during sessions or when I'm working with them and say, hey, did you notice that you just made yourself wrong around that? And they'll say, no, I didn't. But there is, it's just like, it's such this part that's been core in us. And it happened like, you know, basically when we were little kids too, you know, um, we would, you know, we, when was the most time that we got feedback is when we did something wrong. And even if we had um, parents that were um, really supportive, like I did, um, they were probably thinking things in the back of their mind that they weren't saying. And because of of us being highly sensitive and really energetically aware, we pick that up. So like you make a mistake when you're a little kid and the words your parents say, well, if we were lucky, it was something like, oh, you should be more careful, Um, you know, watch where you're going. And if we didn't have good parents, they probably were yelling at us or maybe even smacked us a little bit. But even those good parents inside, they're probably going, oh my God, not again. I can't believe he broke that glass. You know, and we, you know, once again, it's a good, even these good parents, we pick that up energetically. We don't actually even know what's going cognitively, but because we are so um, in tune. And that's one of the parts that I talk about in all my work is that so much of uh, highly sensitive or energetically aware people, we perceive so much around us. And without kind of understanding that, it can make us feel like we're uncomfortable in situations that are actually okay. Like I used to be really uncomfortable in like supermarkets. Now, 
and it seems like it's like, why would you be uncomfortable in a supermarket? Um, but what I now know is I was perceiving everybody else's emotions and energies. And we also know that people have a lot of funkiness around foods, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be buying this bag of chocolate chip cookies, but I'm going to buy it. And when I'm there, I pick that stuff up. And now I just kind of know, I just kind of know this. It's just kind of like a radio signal that there's a radio over here saying, hey, I want these cookies, but I don't want these cookies. And I, then I can turn that down. And that's one of the things I talk about um, with my clients is to how you can adjust um, your perceptions. Now, not to turn them off. That's one of the things that's been, um, that we've all tried to do. Like if you're a little kid and you feel all this stuff, you'll say something like, I wish I could just turn this off, turn this off. And the part is, is you can't turn it off, but you can turn down the volume. So we wanna ask for certain things. And that's why I talk about in my work is changing things that we actually can change in this moment. So what is that? How does that reading with you and what I'm saying? I'm kind of like doing fire hose stuff right now. It's so good that I was just looking for an empty page in my journal beside me uh -huh. so that I could jot a few notes down and not forget. Um, one of the things that caught my attention was your awareness around people's energy in a grocery store. And when you first said, cause there's a lot up about food and my first reaction was like, oh, I wonder what that is. Like, it didn't occur to me that that would create a lot of um, negative thought emotions for people until you explained with the chocolate cookie example. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I've been in a grocery store and, you know, uh, contemplated a healthy choice of food that is good and nourishing for my body and food that I perceive as comfort food and a treat. And it's, and it's that idea that do I deserve the treat? You know, have I done enough physical movement in my body to justify eating something that isn't actually nourishing, but somehow my mind says, oh, but it's a treat, mm -hmm. you know, and um, yeah, that's a lot of baggage to sift through and you're mm -hmm. picking all that up. So that was like, wow. Um, I haven't, I, I think, you know, this from past conversations with me, Max, that I haven't considered myself to be a sensitive mm -hmm. in the way that you refer to yourself. And I love knowing more about the lens of a sensitive, someone who is energetically aware, someone who has been really in touch with their empathic abilities from a young age. And I love knowing more about it, just like I love knowing more about someone who um, might be on the spectrum and, and what it is, how they see the world. So when I'm interacting with someone, I'm not making an assumption that they're not interested in me or they're not interested in talking to me. Mm -hmm. It's actually that there's a social awkwardness that that is just part of them being who they are. Mm -hmm. And for yeah, me well, to be aware of all of the different ways of being a human <laughs> allows me to expand my compassion. Yeah. And that's really good too, because one of the parts is like for people who are sensitive, highly sensitive, um, 
we've kind of been told all of our lives that that was a weakness, you know, that we were too sensitive. Um, we felt things too strongly. We should just get a thicker skin. Um, so that really disempowers a lot of people. And it's not really um, showing or, well, actually when you're told that, it's hard to see the benefit or value that you have in this energetic awareness. Like for most of my life, I didn't think it was a benefit because it was hard for me to be in certain situations. And because no one really told me or explained what was really going on, because most people don't, you know, that's one of the things I had to discover for myself is there are a lot of people kind of like me out there in the world, but most of them, there's, well, there's actually very few people who are talking about this in a way that I can understand. Um, Cause often people will say like, oh, you should just embrace your difference. You should just appreciate that you're super sensitive without telling people how to adjust it and how to use it for their advantage. Um, and so that's the part that I kind of play with uh, now. And it's kind of cool because I get to define my experience or when I'm going through life and I have a certain thing where like an upset or um, I'm perceiving too many energies. Like one of the things that was really interesting is um, we had um, uh, elections in the US just a little while ago. And it was interesting. I didn't pay much attention to the election, but in the energetic field, there was so much anxiety and worry um, that I was feeling that. And my clients were too. Um, I had like four <laughs> crisis clients that week. And normally it's just like one or even zero clients in crisis, but that was one of the reasons because we have our normal stuff that's going up, that's, that's on. We have our own challenges we're just moving through. But then certain times there's a lot more energies that we pick up and we perceive those. And once again, if you're not like, um, uh, don't have awareness or you don't know the tools to ask the questions about one of the things is like, is there more up around me? Am I tapping into the collective, the energetic field? And is that adding to my upset? And I'm going to say pretty much any upset that we have, we're also, that also makes us more sensitive. So we kind of tune in to upsets that are similar around us or in the field. So any upset that you're going into um, or have, um, most likely we can reduce it at least a little bit by letting go of those external energies. One of the easy ways to find out if you're perceiving these other energies is if you have an experience and you seem to be going into overwhelm, this thing like, oh, I can't handle this, this is all too much, um, almost always, almost 100% of the time, that means you're tapping into other people's emotions and other energies that are around you. Because it's my core belief, and I've seen this throughout my clients, is you always have the strength and capacity to move through any challenge. Now, it doesn't mean it's not super hard. It takes every bit of your strength to move through it, but you always have that capacity. And if you feel like you can't, that just means that you're kind of like carrying on other people's burdens that you'd actually don't have to carry. And what's your number one tip for learning to set down other people's burdens? Oh, um, well, the first part is just to, is to acknowledge that it's there. So one of the good questions that um, I ask is like for any situation, challenge, or even just emotions that you have up right now, because um, that can be really big about emotions, like we're sad or we're depressed or that sort of thing. We can just ask, um, or you can ask yourself, if you didn't already decide that 100% of what you're feeling 
was only your feelings. Are you feeling 100% your feelings or is some of that someone else's feelings? And you're pretty much always gonna get some sort of lightness around that because that's just who we are. You know, it's kind of like there's these broadcasts, like, like for one of the things that's really interesting is people who um, like don't like Mondays or complain about going to work is when you wake up in the morning, you can ask how much of that not liking Mondays is you not liking Mondays? How much of that is someone else or all the people around you that don't like Mondays? Whoa, it's huge. Um, and so if you don't like Mondays even a little bit, and then you're tapping into all this other not like Mondays, you can really end up hating Mondays. Oh, when all you really do is just dislike getting up a little bit in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm chuckling over here because it is such a common meme. Like it's such a common trope. And, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. And this opportunity that I hear you tapping into is to really get in touch. I found myself following along with a common belief to fit in, to be a part of a social group. This is how we think. We think alike. And so there's collective speak. Yep. And I want to belong. Mm -hmm. And the times that I pause and I go, is this really for me? When you find a group of people that seems to be so much more like you are, um, you kind of go, oh my gosh, I found my peeps. This is it. They're just like me. But the part where it really is, is you're still this unique, uh, special individual. And the groups you belong with probably are a lot more like you than the rest of the world, but you're still a unique person. And that doesn't make belonging to any group that's not like perfectly your group wrong. It actually is really good because there's some pretty amazing people in these groups and you can learn a lot. The part is, is just to always be trusting who you are. And if somebody is a little bit different or the group has slightly different values, that doesn't mean that you have to ex exclude the group and go, oh, I don't belong here. It's just look at the parts that actually do work for you. And then the parts that don't, then just acknowledge it's like, oh, they have some differences. And if there are core cultural differences that don't feel right, then of course, leave. Um, but a lot of the times, and I look at that because I'm like this, sometimes I think I'm just like this super weird person and I don't fit in anywhere. But I have lots of people that I do uh, really enjoy almost all of my conversations with and my interactions with. And I've learned to appreciate that. Because otherwise, it's really easy to go, oh, there's no one else like me. I'm all alone. Ooh. And then just push all, push all that off to the side. And I think that's one of the parts that I try to do in the energetic work I do is just to let people know that you're not alone. Other people feel and perceive things. And I didn't even talk about the, the kind of the weirder stuff that I do is that it's not just emotions and emotions that we perceive. We perceive all kinds of like energies and stuff that like, science can't really explain. And one of the parts about living in Western society is if science can't explain it, it doesn't exist. And I'm a science guy too. I grew up um, uh, studying science. Um, 
but I see that there's certain things that science just right now can't explain. And that doesn't mean it's not there. It just means that science can't explain it. And when you perceive things that you can't explain to other people, um, that makes it seem like, you know, you're crazy, you don't know what's going on. Um, often the very first session I have with somebody, um, they will just cry because I tell them that they're not alone. And I explain things that we all have these experiences and no one's understood them before. But I understand because I've been there. One of the parts, like the, one of the weirder things I do is removing energies from people. Now, it's one of those parts, like when I first started learning about this six years ago, I thought it was really too weird and I didn't do it. But then I started noticing when I did the procedures, the processes that would remove non-contributive energies from people, they almost instantly got better. They almost instantly went from, you know, being in a state that was really hard for them even to communicate to be able to tell me what was going on. So for me, that's like, even though I can't prove I've removed those energies, I see what happens when I do that, do those energetic processes. And that is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm getting about you, Max, is that in, in sharing your previously hidden gifts with people, by being willing, by being vulnerable and being willing to be perceived as someone who is delving into some wizardry, <laughs> some wizardry and magic, even though you can't explain it, you experience a transformation in the other. Mm -hmm. And so that, can you give me some examples that transformation um, what is it, what does it look like? They feel lighter, less yeah. burdened, less judgy of themselves. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and so in the, in this the general scheme of things is basically every judgment or opinion you have about yourself is an energetic weight you're carrying. And most of us are so tired during the day after going through a day. And a lot of it's because you're carrying hundreds or even thousands of judgments on yourself. And they all are this huge weight. So any energetic work we're doing, and we're actually doing energetic work right now, because that's just like how, <laughs> how, I, how I interact with the world, um, you're probably feeling a little bit lighter. And what, what's happening is we're, as we release and remove judgments, that energetic weight lifts and you just feel lighter. So basically any session that I'm doing or any class, or even if you watch my free uh, videos, um, you're going to feel lighter because you're releasing judgments about yourself. And many of those judgments are ones that it's not really that you even have them about yourself. It's like society told you that you're supposed to have those, you know, like if you don't have the super successful career, if you don't have the loving relationship, well, then that means that there's something wrong with you. Even though they don't consciously say that, it's implied in everything um, behind the scenes. And so if you're just a person going along, and even if you have a decent job, but it's not like an amazing, super insane powering job, you can make yourself wrong and feel bad that you're not good enough. And especially around relationships. You know, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm single. Um, I haven't been in a relationship for a while. And that can be really... Uh, 
feel really hard, really tough. It can be, feel like it's a judgment of you. And I know a lot of the listeners out here are either single or they're in relationships that maybe aren't quite the way that they want them to be. And so it's easy to make yourself wrong or think that you're not good enough because you don't have all these societal ideals. And most of those ideals actually even aren't, un, <laughs> aren't attainable. Um, you, you can get close to them, but never, never, never that much. And so that's that part. And um, for an example of like the wild stuff I do is occasionally I have a client that calls me um, or for a session and they can't even articulate what's going on. They can't even talk. And like previously, before I did this energetic work, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you need to go to a crisis center. You need something like that. Um, but if that happens, I just go, oh, we just need to remove energies. And so I'll remove the energies and five to 15 minutes later, they're able to tell me what caused this big challenge. And so for me, that's kind of like the, the transformation. Um, I had another client the other day going, oh, Max, if I didn't have you or people who don't have you, what do we do when we have these crazy situations? And it's like, oh, well, maybe the only thing you could do is crawl up in a ball, you know, and just try to wait it out. Um, and I've been there. I've done that. Um, fortunately, that's like, you know, 15 years ago. But I get it because without this awareness, without this knowledge, and even without energetic tools, life can be pretty challenging at times. Um, and when you try to explain what's going on, if you have this energetic awareness, this highly sensitivity, like I do, and many of your listeners do, people just don't understand it. Or they understand that if it happens to you one time, but then if it happens again, they just don't get it, even if they're super kind and caring. Um, so it can be hard to talk to people and get the support you need um, about the, even the people who really care and love you because they just don't understand it. Mm. Hearing that, I decided to lean into my edge of vulnerability and ask Max for support on an upcoming project that has me going to prison for the first time to facilitate authentic relating tools to inmates. I've cut that 10-minute conversation out and will publish a bonus track on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So if you aren't already subscribed to one of those platforms, please find me there if you want to listen to his advice. Now let's jump back to the conclusion of our conversation. The other part around all this part stuff is um, one of the capacities aware people have, and you do too, is when someone's telling a story, you can jump into their mind actually and feel that experience. And we've also been taught that we have to, in order to be compassionate, you have to stand in someone else's shoes. You have to experience what they experienced or you have no idea what it was. Now, some of that is helpful. Like if you're a really little kid, not only think of yourself, then yes, it does. But for those of us that are super aware, um, we can jump into their world and fully feel that experience. Now, it sounds like that's a compassionate thing to do, fully feeling someone else's experience. But when you're fully in their pain of that experience, it doesn't give you the choices to help them to move through it. Because one of the things is, you know, if somebody has, you know, an arrow stuck in their arm and they go to a doctor and the doctor fully feels the pain, they're going to, the doctor needs to pull that arrow out, which is going to hurt a lot more than leaving it in, in the, in the short term. 
So if the doctor is fully feeling that pain, the doctor is not going to be able to make good decisions or do those things. And it's the same thing with, with, with healing and helping people. Um, if you fully feel their pain, um, it makes it a lot harder for you to come up with good solutions to help them move through it. Now, it's not to say that you don't feel it, but when you feel yourself jumping in to fully feeling that experience, then pull yourself back a little bit. And it's not denying that experience. It's like gives you a little bit more a perspective to be able to see that. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks for joining me for a season two deep dive. Yeah, I, I hope I hope you and the podcast listeners enjoy this. Um, and if they have any questions on the kind of work I do, um, I think you'll have my contact information. And one of the things I do offer is I have this free video series where I go over um, some of the common things that energetically aware people need to know that really helps them on the empowerment path. It'll help them stop making themselves wrong or stop making themselves thinking that they're not good enough. So they actually can start accomplishing more of what they would like to accomplish. And that ends another episode of Pink Noise. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, we'll hear from Esther Loopstra. She is the queen of being in an authentic flow with her creativity. And no doubt, she'll share more tips on how you can do that too. Until then, keep mining and shining the gold within. <laughs>